When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Michael Supercool Beasley, Joe Alexander, Joey Devine, Jared Bayless, Costa Kufos. John Keen, J.R. Giddens, Sonny Weems, Patreons, John Lennon, thank you, John, Ethan Schiller, thank you, Ethan, Will Osanio, thank you, Will, special guest, Keith Parrish, musical guest, Mud Boy, and the Neutrons, and now the temporary host of Brown Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here. As always, with America's Uncle Dad, America's favorite guy, <laughs> I don't know why, comedian, uh, basketball blogger, uh, raconteur, man with a comedy album, coming out soon, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I was just in New York City. Oh, were you walking there? I was walking there. Did they have Nick's fever? They did not have Nick's. I did not see any Nick's figure. I did not visit the Mecca, however. Wow. Well, you know. The new Mecca is, of course, the Sphere. Yeah, that's my Mecca. <laughs> um, 
God damn it, Sean. You said you said oh. the spheres, so you know what that means. <laughs> so I heard you brought a friend with you. I did. One of my enchantresses. The uh, how would you would you like to meet Aura? Hi, Aura. <laughs> Hello, Rosanna. I am Aura. Jim, does Aura hug and kiss too? What is this? Who meets us and greets us when we come inside the sphere? I don't know that she's going to hug and kiss you. You're not going to do that, are you, Aura? If you are searching for someone to partake in physical affection, I am aware of several phone applications that might be able to assist you. <laughs> All right. I hated don't, that. Don't mention the sphere, Sean. It's going to happen. Well, the- there is a rap about it. The gardens, the Mecca, take a bus that's double decker from Tribeca. All right. We Rostaman. We cannot have multiple episodes uh, that are uh, supposed to be division previews where we talk about the sphere for yeah, 30 minutes. And Bono, yeah. But Sean, and also have to play that Bono rap. Um, Sean. <laughs> There is one thing I want to talk to you before we get to the news, because it's not really news, but it's something that really made me laugh today. Okay. Um, did you see Josh Richardson's tweet today? Uh, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, he retweeted a Heat Nation blog that said, NBA scout implies Josh Richardson has a reputation of being a quote-unquote selfish locker room guy. And he tweeted, lol. I would love to see someone find one person from any organization I played for besides Dallas. <laughs> and then in parentheses, had my personal issues there. Yeah. Call me selfish. Wow. So there's at most 25 to 30 people in the NBA who would call him selfish. Mm-hmm. Is that what he's saying? Um, Sean, <laughs> I would like to see any job I've ever worked besides... Uh, uh, besides the coffee shop in Carmel, California, mm-hmm. or that time I was briefly a sign waiver, um, <laughs> uh, claim that I was fired. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine Alec Baldwin saying, like, aside from one film, is there any, as anyone yeah. besides the cast and crew of Rust? That would allege that I have Man killed a person murderer. on a movie set. <laughs> um, anyway, I loved it. Um, good job, Josh Richardson. <laughs> yeah, that was good stuff. Um, Sean, let's go to the news. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. Um, Sean, what's our top story today? Uh, our top story is, of course, Terry Stouts is out in Milwaukee. He's out. Uh, he resigned as the assistant coach. The Terry Stouts era in Milwaukee, the second one. Possibly the third one. Actually, he was I an assistant coach. I think it's the coach. third one, right? It's the third one. <laughs> yeah. It's over after just four months. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me tell you what happened officially, officially Joey. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. Uh, new coach Adrian Griffin uh, had a team huddle. Mm-hmm. And then 
he said he wanted people to go to the coaching huddle and uh terry stotts instead of going to the coaching huddle uh followed Giannis and dame to talk about them talk about the offense because they were going to go into some shooting drills and then griffin told him to get in the coaching huddle and uh stotts asked if he could have a couple moments with those players to and then adrian griffin dame. yelled at him yeah. uh, in front of the whole team and, he and yeah adrian griffin doesn't have any uh history of being uh abusive angry man does mm-hmm. he no, I don't think so. I, I don't, can't okay, think of anything right. I've yeah. heard Good, about that. I don't want to have to settle out of court for defamation like Adrian Griffin had to. At one point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joey, uh, what do you think the real story was? I don't think Terry Stotts wants to coach Dan. <laughs> no, I, I actually think Adrian Griffin is probably an unpleasant person to be around. And this was just the last straw. <laughs> I think I think he was fine with coaching Dame, but then he realized that uh, Dame was still releasing music. Yeah, he'd have to hear Dame's songs. That's a funnier yeah. joke. I should have come up with that on my own. I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, uh, on the plus side. Yes. Do you know who's going to run the offense now? I, I don't know. For the Milwaukee Bucks. It's Joe Prunty. Yes. Undefeated <laughs> last year. Playoff coach Joe in Prunty, Milwaukee. One of the funniest guys uh, that just keeps hanging around. Yeah, uh, look, look. The when interim coach a... of all interim coaches. Yeah, I mean, now that J.B. Bickerstaff has graduated to real coach. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, right? Mostly? Yes, mostly. <laughs> uh, Joe uh, Bronte, yeah. of course, is just hanging around waiting for Adrian Griffin to get fired in a pizza parlor so he can uh-huh. take half the season again as the Bucks coach. <laughs> Which, if for those of you listeners that don't remember, Jason Kidd got fired from the Milwaukee Bucks at a pizza parlor. Yeah. Um, and Do you think gonna... Jason Kidd was drinking out of one of those big red plastic cups? Uh, yeah, I think he, he was. Fired? I think it would be real. I think, like... If he had a really long straw, it's funnier. Mm-hmm. But it it's maybe the funniest if he has like a really large soda, and it's just in one of those like almost like a giant Dixie cup that mm-hmm. style, and the straw is like too short to reach the bottom. So as he's getting fired, he's like kind of digging around to mm-hmm. get the last of the Diet Pepsi out. Do you think? Uh, or he tries to spill it, and there's like, oh, you can't fire me now. It's the clock's stopped. Do you think uh, Jason Kidd, when he got fired at the pizza parlor, remembered uh, to grab the quarter he'd put on the uh, Metal Slug 2 machine <laughs> that he was holding his space in line? I don't know. Uh, can I give you, can I read you an obnoxious quote? Yeah, of course. Um, So, uh, Terry Stotts resigned uh, mm-hmm. Thursday morning. Wednesday night, Lillard and Chris Middleton told reporters that uh, they got a heads up. And Lillard said, Stotts reached out to him personally. Mm -hmm. We spoke directly. I don't expect anything different. We spend so much time around each other in this league. Seven, eight months a year, practice every day, flights, hotels, dinners, watching film. We share a lot of intimate spaces. And like I said, being with him for nine years and him being my head coach, me being the point guard of his team, we spent a lot of time around each other. We know each other really well. Even in the two years without him, we stayed in pretty consistent content. So I don't expect anything different than for him to call me directly. And that's how it happened. So 
Does that was Dame, Dame saying Terry Stutz called me. Uh-huh. Does Dame not remember the part where he got Terry Stotts fired? I don't know if he remembers that. Uh okay. like on purpose. He we was the one who was like, we gotta move on from Terry or else I wanna trade. Um yeah. all right. Um Oh, I wanna I wanna just mention this this kind of gross reporting, I think. Sure. Okay, so um the... You know we love to talk about gross reporting on this. Podcast. Okay, so so Kevin Kevin Porter Jr. who um oh right we need broke to his talk girlfriend's net uh, neck and the uh, the Rockets. Of course, these two teams made this deal. Uh, the asset kings of the NBA, uh, the Rockets and Thunder, still made a deal. Mm-hmm. They traded Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who traded them back. Victor Oladipo yeah. and uh, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, mm-hmm. and but they got two first round picks. No, they were second round picks. Second round picks. I'm sorry, two yeah. second round picks. And uh, Adrian Wojnarowski decided to add that OKC has 15 first round and 22 second round picks over the next seven years. Mm-hmm. So that was a cool thing. That was a cool way to report on uh, that. Uh, some teams uh, just trading a really bad uh, domestic violence guy mm-hmm. and uh, scooping up some picks for it. People aren't real. Here's here's his second tweet. The Thunder are acquiring a 2027 second via Minnesota and a 2028 second via Milwaukee in the deal, sources said. Porter Jr. is facing assault charges based on an incident with a girlfriend. Who wrote this? Adrian Wojnarowski. Just making sure. All right. Yeah. It's a little too coherent to be a Shams tweet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And the Thunder are waving Kevin Porter Jr. immediately because they don't care about anything. Mm -hmm. All they want is picks. I have have a a hypothetical question for you, Sean. Yeah. Do you think if the NBA was just like, okay, Sam, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you all 60 picks in next year's draft. Do you think Uh he'd stop doing this? Like in a way when a dad makes a son smoke a pack of cigarettes. No, but he'd like, he'd, he'd be like flipping them for future. Like, like somehow he'd, he'd end up with like fewer picks, but stretched out over seven years. He'd end up with 120 picks. And they'd all be like conditional swaps too. So Uh it would just be, oh yeah, that's exactly what he would do. Yes. Also, is there a way we can get some kind of hoarders-esque show for him and Danny Ainge. Yeah, that would be really like, good actually. It's just like uh who's a guy who trades all their picks all the time. Um, uh the LA the LA Rams. Yeah, you know, I was going to say John Lynch of the 49ers. No, uh, no, it's Oh, uh Matt Ishbia. Yeah, Matt Ishbia. It's just Matt Ishbia like going through their their closets and being like, "You see this?" Do you need this? Do you need this conditional pick from the Heat that are uh, that are? No, it's Marie. He's the Marie Kondo, right? Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's just like, does this actually spark joy? Yeah. Does does uh pick fifty to sixty in the twenty twenty eight draft spark joy? Well, we we actually took uh 
four hundred thousand dollars away from our distance with like listen to yourself (laughs) um also is our two second round picks worth your soul because sam presti says yes and and he and he uh he gave up money for that he actually paid money along with his soul Mm -hmm. Yeah, he to got get to those pay, second round picks. He got to pay sixteen point nine million dollars to mm-hmm. uh Kevin Porter Jr. It was important that that he give the money mm-hmm. to uh this monster. Yeah. Uh we should also mention while we're on monsters, uh, uh once again, fuck Miles Bridges. Um just uh yeah. come on, man. Um yeah. like why why are why are we doing this? You have to wave him hornets like yeah just yeah just do it yeah um and sam presti if you trade for miles bridges oh my god i am gonna tweet about how chet holmgren looks like abraham lincoln so hard (laughs) (laughs) um anyway that was i'm sorry yeah sorry to i just i just thought just, look, just thought that was something gross. Not only is the regular world a bummer right now, also the basketball world is a bummer. It's very tight. Yeah. Um. Very cool. Uh. You know what else I'm worried about, Sean? What's that? James Harden is missing. Oh no! Like they the, can't the, find him. The Nuggets lost track of him. Do you mean the? Sixers? I mean, sorry, sorry, the Sixers. I was thinking about them training at Colorado. Yeah. Where he had that some secret meeting where Joel Embiid and Grant Hill talked about the U.S. Olympic team, which he is going to join and then not play on because of injury. Um, uh-huh. Okay, really big news for uh, certain FIBA heads out mm-hmm. there. But yeah, uh, okay. So first, James Harden did not go to media day. Mm-hmm. He has not attended any preseason games. He has gone. He went to a practice. Right? No, he's he's two. been he, no no he's been at training camp. He's actually only I believe he has missed a shoot around in a practice. Okay, um, but and preseason games and all the preseason games, all the preseason. He has not attended any of the preseason games. Uh, he has only played five on five once mm-hmm. uh, so far in the uh, three weeks of training camp. Uh, Reportedly, he's in Houston, but mm-hmm. um, you might have to have like a Where's Waldo. No, I actually, you know, who else on? was in Houston, Sean? Was DeAndre Jordan oh. when the Clippers kidnapped him. Or uh, is this a redux? <laughs> yeah, is art is Doc Rivers and Paul Pierce <laughs> and uh, Blake Griffin barricading the doors to until daryl morey makes that trade yeah uh so yeah uh according to the athletic sam amick uh the sixers had said that they will accept in exchange for james harden an unprotected clippers first round pick a first round pick swap with the clippers matching salaries to make the salaries work whether that's i mean which means that robert covington would be coming home um right yeah uh and but they also demanded terrence mann mm-hmm. lawrence frank of the clippers would not include him in the deal at which point allegedly daryl Morey got mad and said you should just trade paul george for harden if you're so determined to keep all your 
lesser assets. Mm-hmm. And then the Clippers apparently uh, took the time to to decline that trade. You know what I would do if I was the Clippers, though? I'd actually leak that you were that you were willing to trade Paul George. Calls bluff. <laughs> he doesn't want Paul George. He wants those. He wants that expiring deal, baby. Yeah, he wants max cap space. Well, I mean, but Paul uh, George is expired. Well, like you'd want to make him. Wouldn't it be funny if they made that deal and then Paul George picked up his option for twenty twenty four, and then Maury refused to trade him. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is all swinging on Terrence Mann. Uh, I don't man believe who, it is. I a man think who that's made eight points. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also funny because Philadelphia apparently wants him because they think they can trade him for a first. Round yeah, pick. I think the Sixers. This is all posturing, and the Sixers want some protection removed off some terrible pick. You know what I mean? Like that to me is what this actually is. I mean, um, yeah, the I know they're just, claiming it's Terrence Mann, but let's be honest. I just don't know. Like, I'm not really sure who's. They also claim they they have a first round pick offer mm-hmm. for Terrence Mann, and uh, who do is you that, think that's from? Is that something you would trade for Terrence Mann, Joey? Uh if I were the Utah Jazz, I think I'd trade a one of my lesser first round picks for Terrence Mann. I mean, he is on like a good contract but yeah and he's like young ish um, he's young ish but it's just weird because the clippers probably aren't going to play him yet again this sure. year i just mean that i mean the, they play they play him he started 36 yeah. games but his minutes went down but yeah the jazz just because the jazz's guard rotation is like a lot of rookies and chris dunn you know what i mean um and Terrence yeah. Mann isn't a well, point guard, Talon but Horton he's Tucker. more. Yeah, exactly. They're like starting <laughs> Talon Horton Tucker at point guard, and Terrence Mann isn't a point guard either, but he's more of a point guard than Terrence Mann. It's just I mean, wild that there's been this. Yeah. Also, this story broke on Terrence Mann's 27th birthday. So happy birthday to Terrence Mann! Oh, it is crazy how much we have heard about you. And happy season. death day from <laughs> Nate Duncan. <laughs> And congrats from Dunk Don again on your nuptials. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, what's what's going to happen? I don't. It, it seems like Harden's not going to go back to the Sixers unless he maybe absolutely contractually has to. Look, James and- Harden is the goat of doing this. So <laughs> he, I think what he's going to do is show up for games sporadically, but never letting them know which ones he's going <laughs> to show up for. Oh, I th- I think he's I think he will be doing whatever um, he contractually like needs to because they can't really go after him for they can't keep pretending they want him on the team and find him for missing preseason mm-hmm. games, but then like actual games is kind of weird like. It's it's got to be so weird when he's at practice and you're just one of the other Sixers. You're like, hey, James. Like, Yeah, no, I think they're going to run. He's not going to run. Um, Remember when Derrick Rose like left the Knicks to secretly elope that one time? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I have this was- feeling James Harden and his, his agent have figured out exactly how many games 
you uh, how many unexcused absences you can have for uh-huh. a contract to before it gets voided, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I literally think he's just gonna do this and never tell them which games he's gonna <laughs> show up for and which games yeah. he's not. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, he's either gonna show up looking incredibly fit, like we're somehow gonna get a picture of him looking like really cut and ripped but he's on a mesa or something or he's gonna show up like on crutches mm-hmm. and like ah, i guess my hamstring's really bugging me again it's like how, how do you prove someone doesn't have a cold hamstring mm-hmm. <laughs> right exactly like, um all right sean we gotta get to it um yeah. it's the southeast division preview today sean and we're starting Southwest, babe. Sorry, Southwest. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the Southeast. Um, we did the Southeast. It was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> the Southwest Division preview. Uh, before I before we get to that, though, I should mention patreon.com slash roundrockpod is our is where you can give us money if you'd like to. Um at roundrockpod is our Twitter, roundrockpod at gmail.com is our email. T-shirts you can purchase in the description of our episode, and you can also call us on the phone there. We love getting phone calls from our listeners. Also, please give us five-star reviews on iTunes. I know you probably don't want to give us five-star reviews because my laugh is annoying or whatever, but it's weird. You can only give five-star reviews. I don't know why iTunes... It's truly a company run by millennials because everybody gets a trophy and everybody gets a five-star review. (laughs) That's true. Um, uh, Other podcasts say it helps. We have never experienced that, but you know what? I believe Paul Shear when he tells me things. (laughs) Um, All right, Sean, let's get to the Southwest Division. Uh, our first team up is the Memphis Grizzlies. Last year, they went 51 and 31. Good for second in the West. They lost to the Lakers 2 to 4 in round one. They were 15th in offense and second in defense. Uh, they got rid of fan favorite Tyus Jones and fan. What's like a favorite, but not. <laughs> but like, not. Uh, but. A benevolent force, uh, Dylan Brooks, I guess. I don't know if he's been chaos agent. Chaos chaos agent Dylan Brooks is also gone, unfortunately. Right as he became the best player in the world, according to the FIBA Basketball World Cup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But don't worry. They're bringing in another crazy guy, Marcus Smart. Uh, They're also bringing in any time... You have an athletic point guard who's hurt all the time, who is making bad life decisions. Who's the best person you could bring in to mentor him, Sean? Another hurt point Uh athletic point guard who makes bad life decisions, but is a worse guy. Derrick Uh Rose is coming in. They also added Shaq Harrison, um, or as I like to call him, Lil Diesel. Um, yeah, and they brought just, in. There's just a... <laughs> and they brought in Gigi Jackson as a rookie. I don't know who he is, but I assume he is heavy. Uh, he. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. he probably is. Um, Six nine two fifteen. It's actually a little skinny for 
he is a he is a real project. Mm-hmm. They love doing that. Um, Sean, which outstand? Oh, you throughout this project are deciding which NBA team for each division is which outstanding comedy series Emmy winner. Yes. Sean, which Emmy winner are the Memphis Grizzlies? Well, Joey, here's the thing. Uh, what did they do this summer? What was their main transaction? Um, suspended Jummer. No, they oh. got smart. Oh. It's get smart, Joey. Mm. They always come close in the playoffs and miss it by that much. Uh, when Grizzlies executives are asked about John Moran's problems, they go into the cone of silence. Mm-hmm. Much like control, their enemy is chaos. Uh, Mark Maxwell Smart is agent 86, which is also what the Grizz did to Dylan Brooks. They 86 him. Also, everyone has guns. Um, <laughs> Sean, that was very clever and very funny, and I love you for doing it. And I'm sure the uh, seven people over the age of 50 who listen to this podcast are also going to enjoy it very much. Um, the uh, We had, look, Sean and I talk about the Grizzlies and how they broke the code all the time. It's one of our favorite things. We talk about it on the podcast all the time. Yeah. Uh, but we actually know a Memphis Grizzlies expert, and we brought him in to talk about the Grizzlies. Here's mm-hmm. our friend from the Grits and Grinds Daily Grizz- Memphis Grizzlies podcast and the Fast Break Breakfast podcast, one of the best Twitter follower uh, followers you can have on Twitter. Uh, a man who, the only person I know who can ever find an interesting stat about anything, here is mm-hmm. Keith Parrish. We're here with our friend from the Grits and Grinds podcast, from Fast Break Breakfast, our friend, musician, uh, Twitter expert, um, friend of Chuck and John. We're here with Keith Parrish from the Fast Break Breakfast podcast, and more importantly, Grits and Grinds, the sanest of sane Memphis Grizzlies fan, to talk about the Grizzlies, Keith what did you have for breakfast today? <laughs> I just actually ate a bowl of cornflakes um, in the afternoon. I guess we can count that. Um, I hadn't had a bowl of cornflakes in a real long time, mm-hmm. but um, we've been on like a, we've been trying to get our kids. I got a six-year-old and an eight-year-old to eat healthier. We've mm-hmm. just been stuffing them full of sugar cereals and Pop-Tarts. We blamed the pandemic and just like, they're so annoying in the morning. And just like, here, just eat this. And like, and so I was more like, listen, we we can't, got to give them better food. So we've been, tr- we tried to get them better cereals, Rice Krispies here, uh, Cheerios, cornflakes. And um, they turned their attention from the cornflakes. So we still had the cornflakes. My wife's like, hey, I'm going to throw these away. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll eat them. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to just throw it away. I, I'm you know, always scrounging for a little afternoon snack. Today's was cornflakes. Thanks for asking. Of course. It's, uh, yeah. I like, uh, I like to know that I am the only person on earth that for breakfast, uh, smokes a camel light cigarette and drinks a yellow Red Bull. 
Was um, that was that your breakfast today too? That's my breakfast every day, baby. I feel like in my <laughs> mind that's what every video game designer does, but I don't know if yeah. that's like that's every, all the guys who are building uh, Grand Theft Auto Six. I assume every one of those people. This is a horrible stereotype by me. I assume they're all uh, starting their day with Red Bulls and, and uh, one Camel cigarette. I, actually, I think it's. I think they're vaping, but otherwise, yeah. I don't okay, think you're okay. wrong. Yeah. Um. All right, Keith. Let's talk yeah. about it. Um. Are you one of the unnamed Memphis business owners that hates rap music? From the ESPN article, I just i <laughs> i liked Jaw when he said yes, sir, and please more. That's all I'm saying. As an unnamed source from ESPN, I am yeah. Th- a lot of it's also a weird one to joke about because I'm always worried who's going to pull the four second clip as I sarcastically pretend or um, role play. Yeah, the ESPN article had a lot of weird quotes, had a lot of like totally normal stuff, but the whole uh, unnamed Memphis business owner uh-huh. who's like he used to be way more courteous and, and humble. They grill. never they never overstepped their boundaries. Yeah. They always asked yeah. if I could sit in a chair. Right. <laughs> yeah, they always were very and it was like this whole thing, man. They literally the article literally blames rap music. Yeah. Uh-huh. Literally blames rap music for John Morant's downward spiral. We were making fun of this on Fast Break Breakfast uh, a couple days ago, where it was just like, all right, you're telling me before he got rich and famous, he didn't drink alcohol on planes? That is what they said. Wow. Uh. Like, oh, he didn't have this. He didn't. He wasn't going to clubs and drinking before he got to the NBA. He was 19 when he joined the NBA. <laughs> now, when they're, when I don't understand this standard of conduct or it's like oh his, his high school coach is like he wasn't going out and drinking well yeah like isn't he from an incredibly small town like he's from the same place as ray allen i think which is like it's it's like a military town in south carolina right i mean he's from a i don't know if it's a military town but it is a small town in south carolina and of course yeah. yes high schoolers go out and drink and maybe you know but like the whole the whole way this story was presented where ESPN began the article with this, like, oh, they were flying to the all-star weekend. Uh, he had a bottle of tequila. tequila. The bottle, and they're broadcasting it on Instagram. It's like, I don't, none of this is abnormal and or bad. <laughs> I mean, if you tell me drinking tequila is bad, I'm not going to really argue with you. Right, right, right. But also, if you say, hey, uh, sports gambling is bad. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you. I can see how, yes. <laughs> Perhaps there's no upside. It is a damaging behavior, but it's not like outside of the realm of um, just rich person behavior and or human behavior to be like, I'm on vacation. I'm going to have a margarita. uh, Hold the mix. Yeah. So what's crazy about this, too, is that it's, it's this damning story about him holding expensive tequila. And but then you hear then in the story, uh. John Morant's like not able to get the tequila bottle from his friends. He's constantly just <laughs> saying that he's not getting it. And then he's bantering with his grandmother. Mm-hmm. So he's sitting <laughs> with his grandmother on this, uh, on this on terrible, this, yeah. that the flight that is, has got the alligators to come after him. Uh, <laughs> he's still hanging out with his grandmother. Yeah. He's drinking with his, his dad. He's hanging out with his family. Mm-hmm. He's hanging out with his family and friends. Drinking. It's like, that's 
It seems also, not a huge issue. Was there anything Sorry. new in this story? Because it felt like everything we've known for uh, 15 months. I think there might have been a couple of things. The thing that, I, that stuck out to me that I don't feel like I'd ever read before was that like Taylor Jenkins and Zach Kleiman set him down in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. And said like, "Hey man, you're 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 screwing up pretty bad." Or like, you know, like mm-hmm. this is like uh, we have have assumed a lot of that, but this was a specific a team source. I believe it was something like a team source said. You know, they set him down and said, "Hey man, you effed up, and you got to fix all this stuff." And so that was new. Um, uh, the the time the the timelines with like the actual what time of day kind of thing and like when they got into town. Maybe the it might have been new the idea that like saying he's been doing this since his rookie year. And when they flew into a city there, he would basically get picked up at the, the airport mm-hmm. and then disappear. And then yeah, this he article was flying his friends yeah. in private um, jets on the road, which to and- me, you're not that rich as a rookie. Like how that was wild to me. The amount of money it appeared he was spending, he's yeah, spending a, on partying to me is like, seems it's almost, extreme. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's never really a good idea to fly on a private jet. Um, maybe if you're like a Watch CEO. Watch out, you're be in trouble from, with Taylor, with the Swifties. You better be Yeah, careful. I mean, look, that's, uh, I know of some conspiracy theories about her attending a Jets game to uh, <laughs> right, get the news of her carbon yeah, footprint yeah. off. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and I have to say, okay, so when they say Memphis business owners, doesn't it seem like they're talking to guys who run strip clubs? Yes. (laughs) Like, like it just seems like one guy's like, oh, he said he was coming with his best friend, and then he said we're coming with the entourage. We weren't even sure we wanted these guys to be in there. And just the fact that they're just saying business owners in that generic way is like could you just not say the name i wish we could have known more about the business and i felt like i needed i needed like demographic i needed yeah. like uh, maybe like, is this we, a white guy talking they're all <laughs> white guys they were all white guys talking yes. although i did like the story i wish if it was business owner if it was like if that that story about him being courteous and humble yeah. i did like the idea that when he used to go to the strip club he was like do you mind if we sit here please sir yeah. and so the, yeah, the idea this, of that asking where i can sit story being in a strip club is yeah. actually fine to me Sir, sir, it, 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 is it is it possible that we could get a seat near the stage if no one else has reserved that? <laughs> That's right. The My grandmother wants a great view. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, I. <laughs> it's so I I feel like Jaws done enough stuff that's like easily criticized enough, and like all of the instances problematic. Um, but this story, I was like, for me, it raised the the coded racist uh, undertones of this were way louder to me than just like the, um, I don't know, the, the bad activities, but I guess yes. I've been. No, you're st- correct. Yeah. Well, I've been so st- <laughs> to all these John Morant stories. I'm like, yeah, I know all this stuff. I know all this stuff. And like, uh-huh. wait a minute, this guy said, well, like he, he, once he got a grill, I told him like, you're, you're looking like you want to be a rapper more than a ball player. Uh-huh. I've seen this a thousand times or whatever. It's like, I don't, I need to know more about the guy uh, who's saying I mean, these things. This, this, it, when you get to the part of the article where they're, the the rap song in italics mm-hmm. it felt like i was reading like a sports illustrated piece well, from so like it, the late 90s yeah, you know also, what i mean like and the lyrics that they have to get rid of 
are uh, not really so very bad. <laughs> I am, for people who know me, who know my podcasting work, Yeah, I'm basically a prude. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're I, a huge prude. You don't, you don't, I'm, curse. I'm a, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't curse. Like, I don't listen to rap music. I don't even like rap music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I feel uncomfortable at Grizz's games doing the whoop that trick chant. I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is for me to yell. Um, <laughs> and then, but it is funny. So, like, the thing they were like, oh, the Grizzlies took out the rap lyrics, uh, mm-hmm. from the pregame hype video. And then, like you said, in italics, it put like the rap quotes and, yeah. It was something about drinking red wine. It was like, well, yeah, no, it's going dumb, going crazy, going dumb, going crazy, going dumb, going crazy, which that one I actually get removing simply just because the reason John Morant is being suspended is being incredibly dumb and crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, like those specifically, but I was like, even like me who cringes at like the lyrics yeah. of like even modern, like pop songs. I'm like, yeah. listen, my lovely lady bums. I don't like it. Like, I don't like it. Um, uh, this one, like this just said, drinking wine. It said, yeah. hey, go crazy and drink wine. Oh, I got- yeah, and, and chasing dollar signs and sipping red wine. That's, like yeah, the that core, that's the one percent. That's, that's what, what they Frazier do. Does. It's good for our heart, right? I think that's good for your heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't. I don't know. I, the whole article, I was like, normally I have to watch what I say, and no one told them this is not okay to pray. Yeah, it seemed it seemed very confusing to me. Now, the thing that interests me about this article that I want to ask you about, Keith, yeah, is as we all know. In the NBA media landscape, it's completely corrupt and there is no true journalism anymore. And every story comes from somewhere. What is the purpose of this story, you think? Like, who's who's benefiting here? Like, is this a shot? Did the NBA do this to kind of warn Jaw about this season? Does it come from the Grizzlies? Where do you think this comes from? Because... That's what I don't understand is like, what is, what's the point of this story now? I, I don't think it's any, I don't even the think Grizzlies it's don't even comment on this basically, yeah. right? <laughs> no. And they have basically been like, uh, everything the league has announced suspending John Morant, they basically publicly said, publicly said, great. Works out great for us. Like we're, we're, we we fully support all these all these measures, all these punishments. I don't think there's anything big and nefarious and conspiratorial or even like access journalism wise. This is just literally, hey, we can run this article and it'll be another talking point. Like someone was like, ESPN just wrote this for clicks. Yeah, literally yeah, their business what, model. We're doing this literally podcast website for seeing. clicks. Everyone, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, like what? You you look. We want the one click. Like, that's, yeah. Sorry. So, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really think there's like a storyline out there like this benefits or hurts anybody. Really, the Grizzlies have already rallied around it where uh-huh. they had a team meeting and then the, they met with John Morant, the, like the Taylor Jenkins met with John Morant again. And so they've used this again to say, hey, we're totally behind you. We support you. Let's, uh, you know, so like maybe they're using it for if you really want to dig deep and be like, yeah, they put it out there to. Maybe get that us versus them mentality to get that bunker mentality as we head to the NBA season. But I don't believe that particularly. I just think ESPN was like, hey, well, we can mine this once again. And yeah. uh, they did. Well, in fact, the way that because it says it's like an 18 is 18 month decline. And that's 
not present. There are no points like it pretty much jumps from like, hey, this happened on the way to the All-Star game. And then uh, at the start of the season, we found out that uh, he, he uh, punched a teen, uh, 17-year-old. Yeah. So, so I don't but yeah, but because Baxter Holmes is involved, I always think it's gonna be some like long-term investigation that he's done. And it just kind of seems like no one from the Grizzlies organization said anything. So he kind of walked around Memphis and was like, he, he goes to strip clubs. Like, oh, okay, I can I'm gonna say based on the things I've heard Tim McMahon say, particularly about T Morant on uh, yeah. various podcasts. This felt more like a McMahon joint than a Holmes joint. If I don't understand what, I mean. what Holmes is part of it though was though like <laughs> like I don't know why McMahon needs to share this byline like but I do I do like the idea of Baxter Holmes going to every strip club in Memphis and uh, hi I'm Baxter Holmes do you mind if I sit here and they're like that's a that's a good that's how that's how you, that's how it's how done like it. he's <laughs> not too big for his bridges. <laughs> this man doesn't want to be a rapper at all. Um, all right. Um, let's talk about the actual basketball team. Um, Keith, it feels like the consensus around this team is extremely down on the Memphis Grizzlies. But also, over the last three years, they just win 50 games every year. Which um, which side do you come down on? I I guess between those two options. <laughs> I'll choose. They're probably going to win close to 50 games again. So I I don't think they're going to have any problem with the regular season. They're huge question mark. You're missing John Morant for 25 games. And Steven Adams is probably not going to be totally healthy all year. He's going to start the season, probably playing limited minutes and not, you know, back to backs or anything, but I kind of feel like this team is fine and their early schedule. Isn't really that hard. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain are awesome and they have other competent players. And I sort of feel like they've kind of solved the regular season where it's like, they're going to win, you know, 60% of their games, which is basically what you have to do to go to win 50, 50. It's not that hard. Um, or it doesn't seem that hard. Um, but it's like, I do think, yeah, they're going to win upper forties probably, um, if not 50. And it's funny to me where, yeah, there is a lot of consensus where people are down on the Grizzlies. They have lost as the higher seed in consecutive playoffs. But, like, I also see that, like, John Hollinger picked them to finish first in the West. Kevin Pelton's little computer model picked the Grizzlies to finish first in the West, which, which again, Pelton's model made sense to me. It said they won 48 games. I'm like, yeah, that feels right. Like, oh, that's first in the West? Well, that's surprising. But, oh. yeah, I think they're definitely... I don't think they're they're not an elite contender like what I would consider the Nuggets to be. And I think the Suns are better and I think the Lakers are better. But like, all right, the Warriors, they're probably better. But I don't think anybody else is clearly better. And I do think they're kind of a tear up from a lot of these squads. I'm more surprised as a Grizzlies fan and analyst where I guess I am biased. I'm surprised people are like back in on the Mavs and I'm just like, why? That's insane to me. The Grizzlies are way better than the Mavs and the Grizzlies, I think are way better than the Pelicans. And like, I'm a little nervous about like the Timberwolves, but I don't feel, I feel like the Grizzlies, like they're better than the Kings. I'm not. uh, Yeah. So this is me as a Grizzlies fan where I'm like, I don't, I think Marcus Smart's going to be good for us. And 
I think Bain is actually going to be better this year. I don't think there's that many questions really about the team. If you think John Moran's going to miss the whole year, okay. If you think Steven Adams is just not going to play this season, all right, then they're back to being like maybe a 500 team or worse. But like you're talking about winning 47 games. I think they're overrunners like 45. I'm like, no, I think they're, I think they're easily going to best that. Yeah, it's 45 and a half, which seems not to spoil anything, Joey, but uh, I'll be going over yeah, on I'm that. Yeah, uh, going hard over. <laughs> well, it, I also think that the Grizzlies' postseason failures are a little bit overstated. Like, they they lost to the team that won the NBA title. They yeah. lost to the Lakers when they were a ter- became a terrible matchup against them when they didn't have Brandon Clark and Steven Adams anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even the Lakers of, were just a even, really big team. Like even more to that, Sean, like, so two years ago against the Warriors, where they it's broke like the code, uh, they, they, did, they did break the code, yeah. but like <laughs> they were what they were ahead of the Warriors in the final two minutes of three of the four losses. They lost in that's six. Right. Yeah. Uh, and only played in three games. Yeah. Um, Steve, Steven Adams actually was, was had COVID and was out. So like they, they took basically, they, they were really, really close to a team that had Steph Curry and Draymond green. And like, like this is a young team. One of the youngest teams in the NBA, they like gave the warriors probably their toughest challenge on the way to that title. And then last year, like you said, no, Steven Adams, no, um, Brandon Clark, who were their key front court guys, uh, and they ended up having to play Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It was a it was a six game series. One of the games went to overtime. Uh, by the way, yeah, they lost one of the games in overtime. By the way, John Moran got hurt again on a dirty charge play where like Anthony Davis undercut him in the air. John uh-huh. Moran once again missed games and yeah. they lost in six. It's like, yeah, all right. You, you lose the last game by 40. That hurts. You had, also, you had no Luke Kennard. Also, their third best player was literally losing their mind, his mind at the time. Well, like, uh, <laughs> the fourth best, Dylan, maybe sure, at, at best four. I, I mean, with Jaw out, he be, okay he with Jaw out. Yeah, sure. yeah, no, yeah. like Dylan was actively <laughs> throwing the games. Yeah, and <laughs> like it, again, I understand you lose the higher seed, but without Stephen Adams and without um, Brandon Clark, and then with the changes that the Lakers had made, by the time we got to the playoffs, it's like these teams are very, very close. Yeah, like, I picked the Grizzlies to win in seven. I thought the Grizzlies were going to win this series in seven. I went to game one, which the Grizzlies lost a very close game because Austin Reeves just went off. Like Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, I can't remember the stats. They were something like 14 to 15 from the field. Yeah. In, Austin in, Reeves, in the second I half. I think it might have been more. Yeah. I think it was more makes than that. Even. Yeah. Reeves, it was like 94% yeah. shooting from these two guys. And the Grizzlies lost a close game. It was close yeah. down to the wire. And they lost that game. And I'm like, well, we're not going to lose in six. I thought we were winning in seven, but we're going to lose in six now. And they didn't yeah. lose in six. So it wasn't like a shocking upset or like they totally um, fell on their faces and disappointed. I also just don't really feel like they choked in any of those series or anything. Like John Rand's really good in clutch situations. Desmond Bain's good in clutch situations. Like John Rand's I, playoff stats are outrageously good. They're crazy. They're yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. So I don't really understand it. They got very unlucky. Here, I'll, I'll, I will paint the. Brandon I will Clark, paint. I, would say. I yeah. will paint the other story for you though. There are there are concerns about their playoff performances. I like. I can. I can argue both sides. That's why I'm a gifted podcaster. Um, huh. The. Uh, <laughs> Here's the here are the problems though. The Grizzlies, as the higher seed, have lost three straight game ones at home. 
They lost game one to the Warriors and the Timberwolves the previous season. Last year, they lost game one at home uh, to the Lakers. In the game threes, their first road games, I believe the stat is they've fallen behind by 26 points in all three of them in the first so the first road game of the series. So, like, there are problems. We are like, I don't know if this is coaching, if this is youth and inexperience. So, like, there have been some struggles in the playoffs. That's fair. But also, I think expecting them to hold seed against the Warriors may be unrealistic expecting them to hold seed against the Lakers with the injury problems that they had yeah. probably also unrealistic. I think they're a little three point heavy in the playoffs and that's sometimes why they fall behind so much. And then we'll also win by 40. You know, if they're making their threes, they're really, really hard to beat. Well, they're unstoppable. But, and that, yeah. that, that, that falls back to has no shooting. So if yeah, shooting yeah, that falls back all, to their crazy. legitimate issues for the past several seasons. And it's still an issue this season. The half court offense in the playoff just stinks. And I mean, half court offense in the regular season, not good, but who cares? They generate enough turnovers. They're an elite defensive squad that that helps them churn out wins in the regular season. Um, it's going to be the half court offense which prevents them from you know making second or third round of the playoffs this year also as well they hope Marcus Smart can fix that some they keep changing things like I mean going back years they got rid of Jonas Valanciunas because they're like we depend too much on him in the half court of just getting offensive rebounds we can't do that we need we need Ja and Desmond and Jaren to generate the shots so they traded him for Steven Adams thinking we wanted just more of like a screener rebounder well guess what it was the same issue they became so dependent on Steven Adams just miss, uh, rebounding all of Dylan and Ja's misses and that was like our main offense and once that went away it's like no we still actually stink at the half court offense and that's one of the reasons they got rid of DeAnthony Melton that's one of the reasons they got rid of Kyle Anderson they're trying to find prototypical half court guys i think it, it kind of bit them in the butt last year where they're like roddy and laravia theoretically make more sense we're like well yeah but the rookies and they might stink yeah. and guess what they weren't very good so now once again it's the same thing where it's like maybe marcus smart will help maybe Derek rose will help getting rid of dylan brooks maybe that'll be an upgrade but still they're gonna ha- they're gonna need desmond bain jaron jackson jr or someone else internal improvement to pop I think to really improve that half court offense. Well, of that's course, my yeah. my first question for you. All actually. right, we haven't had a question yet. No, I mean like, uh, but the you okay. you know what I mean about <laughs> what the future here because we've talked a lot about the past, but uh, uh, like right. yeah. like. Um, uh, Mark McGuire in front of Congress. I want to talk only about the future. Um. Both Santi Aldama and Zaire Williams have looked really have had moments of looking very good this preseason. Yeah. Are you buying either? Uh, I definitely buy Santi Aldama. I mean, but Santi Aldama was a pretty solid player last year mm-hmm. and he was he- pretty good in FIBA. He also was pretty quite good in the FIBA World Cup. He did a lot of little fancy things there. Um, he's a, I think he's a pretty decent shooter. He's a very creative offensive player because he's just like he's a seven footer that just kind of does uh, flashy stuff. He's got a lot of the like kind of Rudy Fernandez tribute reverse dunks, mm-hmm. and he, he is a very good offensive player. And I can I continue to think he will keep showing those flashes and, and mature. And he's still very, very young. So like I do, I believe in Santiago Nama as like a legitimate, he can be in your top eight of your rotation and not kill you or anything. And he is going to make um, some very silly shots and some, he, like he does the behind the back passes. He's a pretty good, you know, 
distributor there. Uh, the Zaire question is the way, way more interesting one because Zaire's rookie year was up and down, but the Grizzlies were so good that year that you're like, oh, this rookie has started a bunch of games for this 56 win team. And then he had a really, he had a game against the Warriors in the playoffs where I can't remember if he hit three or four threes, but he hit several threes. Four. And you're like, I think it was four. yeah. So you're like, all right, this rookie who's mainly known as a lob finisher, is if he also hits threes, that's like the magical three and D kind of wing, you know, a guy with size that the Grizzlies have been needing for forever. But then last year he was just awful and he had a bunch of knee issues. And so it was like a totally lost season. But uh, yeah, he's been super good in the preseason. He's been uh, handling the ball a lot and he's been playmaking really well. And he's also shot the three with some really good accuracy. So like, I guess I'm still dubious. It's been too good. Like it's, it's a, uh, it's a little fishy. Mm-hmm. We're like, this is not, this is not going to sustain. Um, but like it, I do, I am optimistic where I was not basically before the preseason. I am optimistic that now he's not like actively bad or useless. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he is like, once again, like, Oh, okay. Like this guy should be able to play for us. And if he can progress beyond that, where you're like, it's like the Jonathan Kaminga where you're like, all right, but now I've seen enough where like, if he can get a little bit better and actually be a positive in a lot of ways that I think should lift the, the, the overall team success. So, um, I, I guess the answer, yeah, I, I firmly believe in Santi and I'm uh, cautiously optimistic about Zaire. All right. My I uh, don't believe in Zaire Williams because he went to Stanford uh, <laughs> and I think he'll be an NBA GM in about six years. <laughs> um, my next question is, I want you to rank the thick boys uh, based on favorite to least favorite LaRavia, Roddy, Lofton Jr. Am I missing a thick one? He- well, I mean, is LaRavia that thick? Yes. I mean, the, the Stephen Adams is thick. I though. mean, Stephen Adams. Yeah, is well, the, Stephen Adams though is a known quantity. I want. I mean, is Xavier Tillman count? He seems thicker than. Uh, two, well, two I mean, even Des, even yes, Desmond Bain is uh, is wide. I would I want say the ba- young, the the question mark thick boys. I, guess. I say I. You can't have a conversation about thick and not include Desmond Bain. That's how I feel. Yeah. He's he's got a he's got a stout downstairs. Well, that's their that's like their secret sauce in the draft is they don't care if a guy has short arms as long as he's got, you know, he's built like a Pixar mom. Buns, you know what huh? I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I'm throwing out if Laravia is included, he's last. Get get out of here. Um, <laughs> uh, I, he, I thought the Warriors were going to draft him last year, which meant he would be on the Washington Wizards right now. Yeah, Um. he feels like a warrior. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Junior first. Junior's my favorite thick boy. I had a feeling. Yeah, how can you not? Yeah, Um, Yeah. he's uh, he's he's delightful. He, um, there's been a lot of talk about him being overweight. I heard Dominic Wilkins on the Hawks broadcast kind of making fun of him. The Heat broadcasters were making fun of him. Uh, so they've been kind of piling on. Uh, Taylor Jenkins played in like the last 20 minutes of a game in the preseason. I don't know if that was like a uh, go, go, go just run out. Yeah. yeah, just like a forced conditioning thing. But he's delightful. He's um he's just he's scrappy. He shoves people around. Uh, in the last week, um, a small victory for myself was getting basketball reference to add Jin Zebo to his page. Yes. Mission um, accomplished. Uh, so, no, I, I love Ken Lofton Jr. He's, he's my number one. Roddy, a close number two, though. Uh, big body Roddy. 
or I call him, uh, you know, David, the Roddy body, um, the body, Roddy, excuse me. Uh, he, uh, he's a lot of fun as well. Also seems like he should be a football player, which I guess he was in college, but, uh, mm-hmm. very, very strong, uh, just stout basketball player. A lot of fun to watch play. I would definitely wish we would do. I mean, I think we could do an all big boy squad. Like if we have Bane, I mean, Bane and Roddy and Lofton and Adams, we can do that. And then you just pick your thickest other ball handler. I don't really want crazy on this. Smart, maybe? I don't know. He's not. I mean, smart kind of yeah. wide. Yeah. yeah. I mean, smart's got that, like, he could be a cornerback or like a. Yeah, center. he's got that. He's got the mentality. I, I yeah. like that. You know what I think also with the, the, the Lofton thing is they said he reported to camp over 300 pounds, which might be true, but. That only sounds dramatic because everybody in the NBA lies about their weight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like officially, I think Boban is the heaviest guy in the league listing wise. And that, there's actually, no chance. Sean, I was actually looking at this. Nukic yeah. is this year's heaviest NBA player. Okay. But he um, definitely weighs 300 pounds, <laughs> but he's probably not listed at 300 pounds, right? Uh, I well, don't it's also a thing exactly where what number he was at, but yeah, yes. I mean, I'm always surprised like how little they say LeBron James weighs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, that's he's huge. Just these people are gigantic. Be, yeah, like, like, yeah. Like, do <laughs> we just so, know how mass works? Also, uh, also the, the Kenneth Offen Jr., as best I understand it, this all derived from just like a thing Chris Vernon said off the cuff. Like, he, it's, this is not sourced reporting. Chris Vernon was just talking about him looking big. And his listed weight is 275. And so if you're like, he looks like he's over 300 or people are saying he's over 300, it's not. Again, it's not like it got totally out of control or anything. And it wasn't an actual, like, it wasn't a Baxter Holmes, Tim McMahon joint uh, yeah. where they interviewed business owners to be like, how yeah. the junior? Well, this is a, this a, this is a business owner. Yeah. Uh, we won't say, but it rhymes with a uh, grispy dream. Uh <laughs> Well, I do Uh, say (laughs) Kenneth Lofton used to be much more polite when he came to my buffets. (laughs) Um. All right. uh, Keith, this is a big one. Uh, There's a controversy about his blocks being overcounted last year. He was a scapegoat of the the U.S.'s non-meddling team in the FIBA World Cup, even though no one in America actually cares about that. Referees always foul him out quickly. Why? Does Jaron Jackson Jr. inspire so many haters? It's a real question. So I, I I don't have a joke answer to this because it's something I've like legitimately pondered. Like, why is Jaron Jackson Jr. disliked? Why is he criticized so much for his rebounding when I feel like no one yells at Christos Porzingis for his rebounding? Mm-hmm. Like, no one cares about like Lowry Markinen's rebounding or everybody, whatever. Like, everybody, like, everybody thought Uncle Cliffy was awesome. And he's basically like uh, all-star Uncle Cliffy. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> he he does not get as many rebounds as like the elite rebounders. But like, look at his per hundred possessions rebounds. They're it's just pretty average. Okay, they're just at, like pick any old center, and it's like yeah, all right. He's so he's not Bam out of bio. Like who cares? Like he, he's he's by the way the best defender in the league. Like, why are you saying the best defender in the league or one of them? He's top five, definitely. Like, why do you care if he's not also a top like five or ten rebounder? It's very, very strange. The the going back to like the the, the Reddit morning where they're like, "Hey, we found this conspiracy." Yeah, um, that the Memphis uh, scorekeeper <laughs> has been incorrectly assigning blocks. So, like, you guys know, 
I'm pretty into NBA rules. I'm really yeah. into NBA mm-hmm. officiating. Yeah, you're a narc. Yeah, well, we I'm, saw I'm, Richard Jefferson embarrass himself at the referee did. position oh, during that point. summer league game. I can't believe the officials still allow that to happen. <laughs> Made a farce of our game. Uh, the the I feel like people who've played just fantasy sports. If you've played categories leagues. Uh, category leagues fantasy basketball you've definitely watched him and like whoa wait, that was a steal why was that counted and then you figure out oh they don't count those as steals that's a blow it's like yeah. there's just things that i feel like most people should have learned by being <laughs> nba fans and so when i went and clicked to that reddit link and i watched every video clip i'm like all these are scored correctly like what are we there's nothing weird here and i didn't think i didn't think much about it and and then like it blew up and became a thing and i thought like i was like I was, i'm losing my mind everyone's like look at this clip i'm like that clip Shows a block shot. Like that's a block shot. That's what the NBA calls a block shot. Like and I looked at all of them and it was like, it, it was a very similar way to how like um, a large segment of the population just capriciously decided that germ theory doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> during the pandemic where it's like, what are we talking about? Like there's no debate that masks keep germs from spreading that droplets coming out here. Like that's no, there's no scientific debate about this. What are we talking about? Or like uh, people turned on vaccines where it's like, there's no scientific debate over vaccines. Yeah. Like it's well, all well, accepted. Like, you know what um, it is? It's, it's built into all these algorithms. They don't care about claims. They just want things that get people to emotionally react. Yeah. And uh, the reason that was such a big deal is anything that's like um, about someone being cheated or credited unfairly just explodes (laughs) on social media for some reason. Guys, while I'd be remiss if we weren't talking about uh, a home court advantage stat-wise and vaccines not to play this drop. A a virus cheating us of these opportunities. It's the guys making decisions saying, no, no, we're too scared. We're going to shut everything down. (laughs) Sit in your house and be careful. My kids and my grandkids hearing these things and accepting them as truth and when I know by my significant amount of research that it isn't and it's very frustrating I've done a significant (laughs) amount of research and I would Uh, say about 15% of John Stockton's assists were Carl Malone dribbling eight times to get to the Uh, basket I would love to to do uh, some research on the NBA's assist tallying I mean that is that is wildness where I uh, I might become a hardliner. Like, listen, if you did not one, if the three point shooter wasn't open, doesn't count as an assist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, if you put the ball on the floor, yeah, yeah the assist is gone now. Like, yeah. there's, there's very few like this. Like, pass it to a guy, he pump fakes, dribbles, then shoots, and that's an assist. It's like, come on, that's not that. That's something else. Yeah, we gotta come, <laughs> we gotta come up with a different term for that. By yeah, the way, if he's sprinting at the basket, he can dribble. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Santi Aldama had this behind the back pass for a layup. Yeah, it was cool. Two games ago. Yeah, it was really cool. Was not credited with an assist. I'm actually looking it up right now to figure <laughs> well, out. I watched the clip after that and I thought, how is that not an assist? Uh, I was so confused because I was podcasting about it where I'm like, I know I saw this. I know I saw this awesome pass where he made it. And then I'm like, I've looked at, I was looking at the box from like, wait, there's no assist. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong game. And yeah. like, it kind of caused me to mess up. And then I went back and looked, I'm like, no, it's clearly an assist. And it's, and it wasn't registered. And I was told there were so many like, uh, checks and balances where like every play is reviewed three times by the league office and everything. And it's still, uh, 
Um, if it was the regular season, I would definitely. Yeah, I think um, I think the preseason maybe they uh, don't fully staff Secaucus to the same degree. Oh, it's just like the restaurants staffing issues yeah. is causing it's, everything it's, to be worse now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it, millennials don't want to review referees' calls anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Steve Javi's out so- uh, shopping for his sad sandwich materials. Yeah. To uh, stock up because he has to live there, like Desmond from Lost. Um. That was the guy who lived in the hole, right? Anyway, um, (laughs) one last question before we let you go here, Keith. Yeah. Um, Last year and the year before, the Memphis Grizzlies famously drew the least amount of charges in the NBA. Um, But now they've added charge monger Marcus Smart. Mm Mm-hmm. Does the front office believe that that was the reason they couldn't get past uh, they couldn't get past the second round in the playoffs? Was their lack of charge drawing? I don't think it's the reason, but they have identified that their guys weren't drawing charges that were in position to draw charges. This is actually something that uh, I was able to ask Taylor Jenkins directly um, at like the Marcus Smart introductory press conference. I'm like, listen. Yeah. Marcus drew more charges than the whole team did like three years ago. Um, is he, is he going to be in charge of uh, teaching you guys to draw the charges? And they're like, yeah, you know, Taylor's like, we got to, uh, we, we have the guys in position making the rotations. So we're not drawing charges. And it's, it's a big play that Marcus, Marcus can help us with. I will say, by the way, in preseason, Marcus has not played, but I was, in, I was told that Marcus would be leading these drills, would be um, sharing his expertise and teaching them how to do it so far this preseason. Chris's have drawn zero charges. So, wow. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't really down. seem like the hustle king of the down. NBA, does he? Yeah, I don't know. I do have my questions about the hustle stats, uh, which yeah. uh, Marcus Smart is the two-time reigning hustle stat winner. That um, was my so Sean's question for you. Are you going to be tracking his hustle stats throughout the season? I have very plainly stated that like i understand what the hustle sets are tracking Mm -hmm. i think the the way they apply the hustle stats to pick the award winner that is highly questionable i do not (laughs) how i do not know how you look at the ma hustle stats pages with the with the stats they provide us there to come up with marcus smart as the winner like i don't i assume it's some kind of weird scoring system but like he's not top at any of the categories and there's all these other guys who were I still feel like there's a lot of like a, a very gray area, just kind of like a, uh, we, I don't know, very arbitrary judges. We don't know who, we don't know who picks the award. They're like, yeah, I think that guy, they used to announce a score like a, um, you know, like a ice skating in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, where they were like, Oh, his score was 17.8 across all the, all the categories. They don't even pretend to do that anymore. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I would love to know if, if the NBA wants to reach out, let me know exactly how the score, this uh, award is chosen. I'm a very suspicious of Marcus Smart being the most deserving winner last season. Um, all right, Keith. Over under. I think we're all going over forty five and a half for the Memphis. Yeah, Grizzlies. easy over. One of the easiest overs out there. Yeah. yeah. I just can't. I can't. I can hardly imagine a situation where. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not trying to jinx anything, but like, the only issue seems to be maybe the big men aren't that healthy. But I just don't even really think that's a regular season issue. They seem like they have. Tolman is just a lot of NBA players. Yeah. Yeah. So like if Steven Adams, whatever is not himself, 
Mm-hmm. You have you have Jaron Jackson Jr., Santi Aldama, and Xavier Tillman. Like you're gonna mm-hmm. be fine. In yeah, that. you can always pick up Ken Birch or whatever. Like, well, so honestly, that, yeah. After after Jaw is out for five games, the Grizzlies get to add another player to the team under this like suspended players list. And so like literally, I thought today, Joey. Kim Birch might yeah. just mm-hmm. come on down. Like if Steven Adams is not okay, yeah, they're going to sign Bismack Biombo or Kim Birch yeah. or something yeah. just to rebound. As long as, Dwayne I mean, but this Desmond, goes for every team. Those guys are as long available. as nothing catastrophic happens to Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr., they're going to be good. And they're yeah. deep enough where it's like, you don't care about basically anybody else. Like you wish Marcus Smart was going to be available, but like if Zaire Williams gets hurt, who cares? We got Roddy. If Roddy gets hurt, who cares? We have Conchar. Like we, who, if he got like, yeah. they're so deep for like the kind of the fifth guy. As long yeah. as their key players stay healthy, which again, same caveat for every single team. I think Grizzlies yeah. comfortably <laughs> win over forty-five games. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Keith. Where can our listeners find you? And your various podcasts and your various YouTubes. First off, subscribe yeah. to Keith on YouTube. Yeah, hit me up on YouTube. I yeah. think it's I think it's gonna be around a little bit longer than Twitter. Um the uh yeah, follow me on the grits and grinds YouTube page for all your grizzlies needs. Get Go to the fast shorts, break breakfast, watch some YouTube shorts. page. Uh I am still av- available on most, I guess, social media sites at, at fast break break. Um, so yeah, just hit, hit me up there and I'll still be doing the, uh, the old Grizzlies and NBA content. Well, thanks a lot, Keith. I'm sure we'll have you on multiple times this season. Like we do every season. (laughs) Can't wait. Um, Thank you so much, Keith. Sean on to the rest of the division. The New Orleans Pelicans last year, they went 42 and 20 and lost a play into the Oklahoma city thunder. They were 21st in offense, sixth in defense, they got rid of Jackson Hayes, bad man, bad guy. Lots of bad guys in this episode. Yeah. Willie Hernan Gomez. How, Sean, how could yeah. you cut Bo Cruz's brother? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's going back to Europe where yeah. Bo Cruz has warrants. So uh, They also got rid of Josh Richardson, but ask anyone there. Yeah, they loved him. Yes. Anyone, anyone, ask anyone on the Pelicans or the Heat or, or the, the Sixers or, or the, the Spurs or the Celtics and ignore, don't ask Haralo Bob. Yeah. Um, uh, if he's a good locker room presence. They also got rid of Garrett Temple. But don't worry, Sean. Oh, They're bringing in Cody Zeller and all his many head and arm and. Uh, leg bands yeah he's part cyborg now i believe because of the accident (laughs) they're also bringing in malcolm hill they're also bringing in jordan hawkins and they have a rookie sean are you ready for this name yes kaiser gates they're bringing in kaiser gates that is that is i mean that's like a direct-to-video action mm-hmm. hero. Sean, have you ever seen Powers Booth play basketball? Because that's what I assume Kaiser <laughs> Gates looks like. He's um, just in the lane and telling you, yeah, he's, you're not going to get the yeah. ball. <laughs> the, it, it, he insists that you have to give him seven free throws a game, or else he will blow up the arena. Um, he's constantly <laughs> on the phone 
with uh, hostage negotiators outside during the game. And so he gets a little distracted on defense <laughs> yeah, because he's demanding a helicopter to Mexico while Jean-Claude Van Damme repels into the arena. Um, yeah. All right, Sean, uh, which outstanding comedy series Emmy winner are the New Orleans Pelicans? Well, uh, they're Will and Grace. Hmm. So just like Will Truman, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's uh, Eric Dermott's character, Mm -hmm. uh, the first openly gay lead character on a sitcom, Zion Williamson was going to change the face of the NBA with the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm -hmm. But neither the Pelicans or Will score very much. And actually, they're kind of defensive a lot of the time. Uh, Deborah Messing is a lot like Brandon Ingram, once very promising, but very erratic. Him in big games her on Twitter, and more importantly, uh, for a team that is owned by uh, Gail Benson, Gail Benson, Tom Bed, Tom uh, Benson, Boogie Benson's uh-huh. uh, widow, there is a mean rich lady who bosses everybody around. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Sean, you forgot to mention that just like Will and Grace, uh-huh. um, there's a man who every once in a while will pop up mid-season and make sure everyone hears him play the piano. Oh, good point, good point. (laughs) Um, So I like that choice. Um, All right, my first question about the Pelicans, Sean, Mm -hmm. um, is, is there a way they can ban OnlyFans in the arena? Oh, well, yeah, that's... While on on Arena Wi-Fi... Yeah, they could block that at least on the arena Wi-Fi. They could block yeah. that. I mean, that's a pr- they should have parental controls on a lot of things in Zion Williamson's life. <laughs> Unfortunately, his own parents are not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, well, we don't know. That. I don't. I don't mean like, like it's a man. No, 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 no. I just mean. I mean, his dad right, is very George involved. Carl. No, I'm, um, I'm, 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 I mean direct. I think they're like fine parents. It's just his. His dad is like his business. His stepdad is like his business manager, and he, no, he. They, do you remember that story about Zion owing, like defaulting on a personal loan backed by a crypto company? No, that that happened this year. I mean, that was that's like the OnlyFans thing was more salacious, but like, why does why does Zion Williamson need to take out a personal loan from a crypto company and the stepdad was kind of saying he'd be a anyway it's it's involved in crypto and a lot of people have made some bad crypto decisions but um it's it's not good for your you shouldn't have a relative be your manager do you think zion williamson had diamond hands do you think he's still holding on to gamestop that would be so great is he dumb money well i mean it is funny because now the nba is officially anti-GameStop after uh, the new Charlotte Hornets, Hornets owner, owner. is the guy tried from to Dumb put Money, games- right? Wow. Yeah. I think yeah, he's, he's the guy from Dumb Money, right? He the is movie. the guy from Dumb Money. He is Seth Rogen. <laughs> when Seth Rogen is playing you in a movie about how stupid you are, uh-huh. that's why he had to pay Jordan such a big price, because it's like Taylor Swift uh, trying to get the news of her... Uh, massive private jet emissions out of the media dumb money david uh was was had to actually buy a, a basketball team probably taking out a loan 
from his friend, New York Mets owner, Steve Cohen to do so. Um, But yeah, he bought the Charlotte Hornets. And then I guess we have to watch that movie. Now. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll, do a Patreon about it. Uh, um, All right. By the way, get, get ready for a, I, I listened to another episode of Smartless, a podcast I do not Stop enjoy. Doing you know, we that. were just talking Stop about doing that. Well, Bill Simmons was on. Oh, oh my God. So, uh, um, how much? Well, I can't talk about that. I'm not going to ask you. We're, 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 we got to get back to the, the Patreons. We got to get back to the Pelicans. <laughs> um, <laughs> but seriously, Sean, I, I have a weird take about Zion, okay. actually. Yeah. I am more actually more troubled by his off the court behavior and like the weird rumors around him than I am uh Jaws is that weird cuz like I've seen the Ja Morant behavior before from an NBA player you know yeah. what I mean I've never seen <clears throat> this weird uh thing where like uh multiple uh, women are just like uh, complaining about him constantly on Twitter, and then talking about how his like bathroom was full of Mountain Dew cans. I mean, that was. <laughs> I don't know if that was a reliable source, but boy, mm-hmm. did it sound true. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like one of the reasons I think he's getting bad personal advising is not just the strangely timed loans not his apparently successful effort to renovate a historic new orleans uh mansion to put a gym in it mm-hmm. and uh it's just that like i think that a lot of nba players are often let's just say maybe polyamorous mm-hmm. um, sure. maybe maybe you know just just maybe are not into conventional monogamy Mm -hmm. but usually i think that they're open about it they're open about it or at least they do it in a way where everyone understands yeah they're open about it and or like they communicate or there is there's a reason you don't find out about things like this a lot and usually that's because some veteran or some agent or some manager is like, why don't we, why don't we not let your personal life become super public? Mm-hmm. He does not seem to have that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It just, it seems like he is, he makes a lot of sort of unforced errors in his professional life. And mm-hmm. like, it was very weird that he walked in on a podcast during summer league when I think while Gilbert Arenas was talking about him, he kind of crashed the podcast and came and sat down, which was very memorable, but didn't really help him because then they were kind of, he ended up sitting down with, you know, no one, no like publicist or PR person and let Gilbert Arenas just ask him questions about why he wasn't in shape. Mm-hmm. Like that's not yeah. a good. A, not great. Do you yeah. think maybe the song... Okay, so David Griffin, the GM of the... Mm-hmm. Uh, the Piano um, Man. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to ask. Do you think maybe the song he was trying to sing, 
Zion when Zion wouldn't come to hear him play the piano the piano was uh I don't know, no eye in threesome by Interpol. <laughs> I mean it could have been yeah, that's I actually don't know that song, but that mm-hmm. sounds Was it Menage a Trois by well. Trick Daddy? Uh, uh It Wasn't Me by Shaggy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Was it uh was it uh what's the one Triad by Crosby Stills and I actually kind of think he might be doing the song Too Close by Next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's about, not going to help Zion, because Zion no. is clearly very horny when he dances. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Sean, why are the Pelicans designing their offense around Jonas Valanciunas? It's time. It's time to do it. Mm-hmm. Give it to and let him, JV and let him cook. Is it? I actually have a question about Jonas Valanciunas, though. Um, is he actually the most underrated player in the NBA? Uh, I, I think, think he is. He is. It's just his. So, I mean, it, we talked to Keith about that a little bit, mm-hmm. where Memphis thought they had ended up relying on him too much, and maybe the Pelicans feel like they're relying on him too much. But he seems to play really well every time I see him, and like. I don't know. Um, it just seems like he's one of those players that teams get obsessed with the things he can't do instead of yeah, all of the things he does really, really well, um, which is like score kind of at will inside the three point <laughs> line and uh, rebound really and hard. Pass. Yeah. Uh, um, I and think have maybe... a cool beard. Um, and and I mean, I guess maybe he's not supposed to be the best defender. But his teams generally tend to be pretty good defense. Like, mm-hmm. Toronto was good defensively. Memphis was good defensively. New Orleans was good defensively. Like, he's also kind of not paid very much. I think he makes yeah. about $15 million. I mean, by NBA standards, obviously. But uh, it's weird. He seems yeah. like he's like, it's not even like he demands the ball all the time no. either. I don't, yeah, I kind of don't get it. I mean... I said that as a joke, but now I'm kind of like, maybe their offense would be better if he got the ball more. Um, I I guess we should go back to Zion really quickly because he's like yeah. the story here, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is this the year he gets it together? And if he doesn't, is he just Ben Simmons too? I mean, am I, I a year too one. early calling him Ben Simmons too? No, I mean, how how much didn't he um? Isn't he only like two draft classes behind Ben Simmons? Something like that? I can't remember. When did anyone get drafted? <laughs> um, yeah, it was funny because when he got drafted, there was like a big victory lap about the process mm-hmm. because the Sixers had gotten the number one pick. Um, you know what? This is weird, but I feel like I'm optimistic about this team. I don't really have a reason, but mm-hmm. they really did have terrible injury luck last year. Well, aren't they having it again, though, already? Our guys already hurt. I think so. Um, Hold on. I think Trey Murphy got hurt already. Um, but I might be wrong. I might have made that up. Um but and then I know Oh yeah, Trey Murphy is is hurt. Yeah, he's out twelve weeks for a torn meniscus. Um 
So that's not good. He's like one of their best players. Um, and then uh, little Jose Alvarado, he's been hurt a lot. He's um, been participating in the non-contact portions yeah. of practice, Joey. Oh, and okay. Larry Nance also has an injured uh, ankle. Oh, and Najee Marshall has a bone bruise. Mm-hmm. So that's not great. Do they? Is is it haunted? Is the Smoothie King Arena haunted? Is that what we we've discussed that before, haven't we? Um, I don't think it's haunted, but I think. When they were designing it, they had the same acid trip they had in, um, oh, shit, now I can't Jacob's Ladder? No, no, that's not a New Orleans movie. It's, uh, in Easy Rider. You know how oh. they have the bad acid trip in New yeah, Orleans? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what was happening there. Um, they called in the bad lieutenant from the <laughs> port of call yeah, to review yeah. the plans. <laughs> Oh, uh, another New Orleans movie with a, some acid trips in it. Um, yeah. All right, we probably think, talked well, okay, about Zion, this too long. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Zion specifically, do you think he'll get it together this year? I do not. I am. I think I'm out on Zion forever now. Yeah. I. Every logical thing says this, but I'm going to say it. I think he plays at least... 55 games this year. I mean, that would be awesome. They would be yeah. awesome. Every time he plays, the 15 games he plays, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, um, that being oh, yeah, said... Also, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this team just doesn't take enough threes, too. I know that's like a real like knee-jerk what, you want analytic thing. Shooting more threes? No, but I want like I... Trey Murphy and CJ McCollum. Like, they have guys who are good at shooting threes. Jonas Valanciunas is good at shooting threes. Um, I guess I mean, for I, a center. Yeah. Um, anyway, we got to move on. Uh, yeah, yeah. they're over unders 44 and a half, Sean. Yeah. Um, what are you doing? You're taking the over. I take it. Yeah, I'm going to take the over and probably instantly regret it, but I'm, I'm doing it. I'm taking big under <laughs> this team has big, big under energy to me. I mean, they could, they could really fall apart. <laughs> I just think they had a, they had so much go wrong last year, and they won forty two games. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's my whole. Yeah, but they were supposed to be. They were last year's Thunder. Yeah. Um, so well, now I mean, they're the Hawks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's this. It's only downhill when you mess up that second. <laughs> um. All right. The Dallas Mavericks, Sean, last year went yeah. thirty eight and forty four. They tanked to miss the play in. They were twenty mm-hmm. fourth in defense and sixth in offense. Unbelievable. Uh, they carry to say to, to, sorry to cut you off, but I'm going to say that maybe offensive rating is not the greatest stat. If mm-hmm. if the Mavericks were like a record-setting offense, and we're still sixth in the league last year, That's yeah. Um, well, they were pretty bad before they traded for Kyrie Irving. Though, remember, it was just like Luka Doncic dribbling for a really long time, which is a good offense still. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um. And then also, you know, Kyrie Irving and him kept not playing in games together. Yeah, um, they were ten and eleven where they when they shared the court, I believe. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, they had a lot of turnover though, Sean. Yeah. Uh, they got rid of da- Davis Bertans. They got rid of Reggie Bullock. They got rid of Justin Holiday. They got rid of JaVale McGee. They got rid of Frankie Smokes. Ooh. How could they do it, Sean? They canceled and fired 
their third mascot. Uh-huh. They opted to keep Mavs Man and cut Theo Pinson. It's terrible. unbelievable. The NBA is going to have to pass a rule against Mavs Man this next year. <laughs> yeah, now. well, they definitely should do that anyway. And also, they got rid of Christian Wood, who everyone hates all the time. Yeah. Um, coming in though, don't <laughs> worry. They're bringing in Grant Williams, the NBA's preeminent uh, buff nerd. Um, they are also bringing in uh, rookies Derek Lively II and Olivier Maxence Prosper, who uh-huh. get ready to hear people talk about how good Omax Prosper is for yeah. the next three months and then never hear his name again because that's how the Dallas Mavericks work. They also brought in Derek Jones Jr., uh-huh. They also brought in Rishon Holmes. Uh-huh. They brought in Seth Curry. Uh-huh. They brought in Greg Brown and Sean. My favorite addition they got in. They're bringing in the X-Man, Dante Axum. Yeah. Uh, who I'm going to say Axum. right now, I am rooting for Dante Axum to be good. He's cool. He's had he's had a rough go of it. He has um, had some, some rough knee injuries and uh a rough injury caused by Gerson Gabaselli. Yeah. Um Sean, which outstanding comedy series Emmy winner are the Dallas Mavericks? The Dallas Mavericks are I Love Lucy. A wacky American gets paired up with a very talented immigrant who is constantly being derailed by the wacky Americans <laughs> crazy schemes. Dwight Powell is Ethel, and Mark Cuban would look like Fred Mertz without all the surgery. <laughs> Great. Um, you know that scene with Lucy and Ethel at the candy factory, and it goes too fast, and they have to start shoving candies in their mouths? Mm-hmm. That was Kyrie and KD with drugs. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, uh, Kyrie also thinks vitamin of vegemin is a cure for COVID. Awesome. Good. Uh, uh, I like it. Um, so my first question, Sean. Yeah. Jason Kidd says he's going to start Kyrie and Luca and Grant Williams and at least one rookie. It's going to be Derek Lively. Is this a bad idea or a terrible one? It's a terrible idea. Yeah. We we saw like this is insane. Like it's not like either of these guys were super high picks either. They're like, "Oh, Olivia Maxence Prosper. Definitely a guy that should be coming in and uh, stabilizing our defense. Mm-hmm. Like the 24th selection from Marquette. I mean, I guess it's like they think he's going to be Jay Crowder. I don't know. It's just like very rarely are rookies good at defense. Mm-hmm. And he was not really like all that good in summer league. No. And I mean, maybe his game, maybe like a good defender. It doesn't really. Uh, Sean, I'm going to rephrase this question. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. How many games before Dwight Powell's their starting center again? Three. I mean, yeah. the, council yeah, of ve- I mean. the Council of Veteran Leaders <laughs> is going to get together and make a statement. Yeah, we got to find We It's not clear who's on the council. Yeah, we right got to find out who's on the leadership council yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um. um but. But also, um, Grant Williams didn't start last year either. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe he's like a starting caliber player, but he's I not like... I think he probably is. But it's not like that's a big <clears throat> upgrade. No. It's very weird 
that this team made the Western Conference Finals two, two years, years ago. ago. And uh those Suns those Suns Mavs series, man. So those were haunted. You want to talk about haunted and cursed. The Suns Mavs series. The, uh, none of those guys are alive anymore on their <laughs> they're teams. All they're all gone. <laughs> yeah, they're all gone. <laughs> um so Joey, I have a question for you. Last year, Dante Exum won mm-hmm. a championship, a league championship with Partizan Belgrade. Great name. His teammate was Alan Smilajic. What? Yes. Smilajic won a championship? Because he was with Dante Exum. That's does that right. mean, if he can do that, does that mean Dante Exum's back? Yes. Dante's back, baby. All right. He's uh, back. He's never he's been. He's Look. He's never been more back. <laughs> uh, okay, Joey. They made a lot of trades. Mm-hmm. Are the Dallas Mavericks better? I don't think so. Yeah, not really either. But I am. I have to admit, I am not a hooper, so yeah. uh, I tend to rate Kyrie Irving much lower than people who uh, than hooper appreciators. You know. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, um, I don't know. It doesn't really seem like this team makes a ton of sense together. Like if I made YouTube shorts. Uh-huh. I would think Kyrie Irving was like the best NBA player ever, right? Right. Um, but I don't. So I'm a I I'm like in the in the preps in the preps versus greasers war that is podcasters versus YouTubers. Uh-huh. We're firmly on team podcasts. We are. We are. <laughs> but, but yeah, these like if I were if I were Luka Doncic. I actually, I mean, I think Seth Curry will probably be helpful. Yeah. But, but I, it's just, it's weird. It was a team of like all these cool rangy wings around yeah. Luka Doncic. And now it's like, uh, like, some, like some shrubs. Well, just shrubby like a dudes. lot of big men. Yeah. They have three centers now. They got Maxi, Rishon Holmes, and Lively. Oh, and Lively. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, and then Grant I mean, Williams, I, doesn't he, don't uh, <clears throat> analytics freaks always kind of want him to play small ball center? Yeah, he um, has, it. I think I think part of that is because he had basically the worst athletic numbers at the Combine. Well, that's And the true. other Patrick guy Baldwin was Ty Jr. Jerome. Patrick Baldwin Jr. had the I don't think he even, well, he didn't do the combine things, right? <laughs> no, I no, he, he did. He have, he scored the lowest ever. I remember that from our name episode, and then the Warriors drafted him. But then yeah. it was because it turned out he was, like, so hurt he couldn't walk. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, Sean, usually mm-hmm. in year three, in a team coached by Jason Kidd, yeah. <laughs> uh, the defense falls apart. Yeah. Uh, was it a smart idea to just not put any defense on this team to counteract well, that? What's crazy is they think they did. I mean, Omax Prosper, he's this year's Usman Garuba. Yeah. So, yeah, he's Draymond Green, right? Um, yeah. But, like, doesn't it kind of seem like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, 
I guess there's like more guys and they don't have Christian Wood anymore, but it doesn't really seem like their big man defense. A lot of their big man defense is like relying on a 19 year old to protect the middle. Well, no, it's relying on Maxi Kleber again. They still have Maxi Kleber uh, for the the 56 games he plays a year. Um, uh, <clears throat> Sean, over under 43 and a half. I'm going under. I think this could be a real disaster. You know, it's funny. I obviously sound so down on them. I think Luka Doncic just gets you 44 wins, though. Um, it's poss- it is possible. Look, he's, I, Luka, he's like the second best player in the league or whatever. Yeah. Um, they did make the conference finals two years ago. Yeah. And it wasn't like they were significant. This supporting That team was also, different. I was not high on. They had Davis Bertans, for Christ's sake. Well, I will I will say they um they sort of reversed the vibes decision they made when they traded Porzingis. Mm-hmm. But that did give them Davis Bertans. So maybe that was a that's like continuing the vibes on them. Mm-hmm. And you gotta say, if you're gonna have Kyrie Irving, have him in the first year of his contract. Right, yeah. You do not want him into the second to the last year of his contract, that's for sure. You do not. Yes. Um, Sean, my final question. Yes. About the Dallas Mavericks uh-huh. is, are the Dallas Mavericks going to retire Dwight Powell's number? <laughs> it It's looking that way. <laughs> um, yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Once again, he will will maybe be the GM of the team because, mm-hmm. again, he went to Stanford and... That is all it takes. That is all it takes to become a GM uh, in any company. All right. Any the Houston Rocket, Rockets, Sean, <laughs> last year went 22 and 60. Good for 14th uh, in the NBA, 27th in offense, 29th in defense. Uh, weird offseason. They got rid of uh, Randy Ledoux's favorite player, DJ Augustin. Uh-huh. Willie Colley Stein, who I don't even remember being on the Rockets. <laughs> Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba. These are two guys they just drafted. Yeah. Frank Kaminsky, KJ Martin, another the guy team. they just drafted. Dacian Nix, another guy they just drafted. Ty Ty Washington, another they picked guy him they last just drafted. Year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they paid. The Thunder to get rid of uh, abuser Kevin Porter Jr. Basically, it was a large item pickup. Yeah. Like you do in a, um, with the, the trash. Which, anytime you have to give a guy that contract, probably not the best idea to be giving it in the yeah. first place. Um, But, don't worry, they're bringing in Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. They're also uh-huh. bringing in Jock Lawndale, uh-huh. Reggie Bullock. Amon Thompson, Cam Whitmore, who already had a monster dunk in the preseason. Yeah. Jeff Green, Aaron Holiday, Nate Hinton, and uh, rookie Jermaine Samuels. Yeah. Sean, which outstanding comedy series Emery winner is this? Well, Joey, as you can imagine, in our fourth division, we're scraping the bottom a little bit Mm -hmm. these guys are caesar's hour which was sid caesar's follow-up to your show of shows that had a lot of young talent neil simon 
uh, Danny Simon. I mm-hmm. don't know if he is a great talent. Um, <laughs> Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, Woody Allen, and Larry Gelbart. But okay. also, from what I can tell, this show didn't make any sense. They would have long sketches that ran more than half an hour, which is mm-hmm. too long. Even for 1958, that was too long. Yeah. Uh, they had young writers and then a lot of old guys who were about to totally flame out. And much like Caesar's Hour, a lot of these guys probably are going to be great somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they just ditched five first-round picks like this offseason. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that five? Yeah. Um. So, like, and was that the plan the whole time? To use all their picks to get guys and then salary dump them so they could sign Dylan Brooks and Jeff Green? Like, was that really the master plan for the post-Harden era? I don't know. I mean, they're better <laughs> because they were terrible and not trying for three years. But now it's a weird team. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it kind of seems like they signed a lot of guys because they could sign them. And at at some point, clearly, Ime Odoka got hired and said, please know James Harden. And also, we're, we're adding five veterans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, it seems, look, I am very into the fact that, like, to getting grown-ups when you have yeah. a young team. Because it's obviously a mistake not to have grown-ups. Guys like Jeff Green, guys like Jock Landell, guys like Reggie Bullock are the the best part. Like, <clears throat> you know how everyone was like, going into this Warriors offseason, they were like, Chris Paul's gonna unlock Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. You know who Jonathan Kaminga has said this week is the veteran helping him the most, Sean? Corey Joseph. Rudy Gay. Wow. So he's um, he's gonna make the opening day I roster. I think he's gonna make the opening day okay. roster, probably. But um well, so yeah, go ahead. Those are the guys you need for like young players. Yeah. But I'm not sure Dylan Brooks <laughs> is on that list. Yeah, here's here's I have one Dylan Brooks question. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Is he just gonna keep punching guys in the dick? Now? Yeah, is yeah. That, I mean, is that well, the new thing? Sean, he's just tell never the listeners stomp? what happened. Uh, he was he was ejected less than five minutes into uh, his first preseason game with the Rockets for uh, just just whacking. Um, what's his name? It was it Aaron Baines? No, Daniel Tice. Mm-hmm. Daniel Tice. He just socked him in the groin, which he also got ejected from a game for doing to LeBron James in the playoffs because he didn't want to be in Memphis Grizzlies anymore. And he also started a big brawl by doing that to Donovan Mitchell this mm-hmm. year. So that just seems like what he's doing. And then after the game, uh, he said that uh, he called himself Dylan the Villain, mm-hmm. which Great. Love it. apparently is a nickname someone else had had. And he said, what's my name? Dylan the Villain. Mm-hmm. And he said he got ejected because of uh, his reputation. Mm-hmm. But I think he got ejected for punching a guy in the dick because he he does that all the time now that's like there's no one who's been look 
Chris Paul is a dick puncher for sure, but he's done it like three times in 15 years. Mm -hmm. Dylan Brooks has done it three times in 2003. I just don't, I don't know that he's like a teacher or anything. Yeah. Who, who do you think was the best veteran signing of the ones you made? Uh, Honestly, I think it's Jeff Green. Jeff Green is like a great move because they don't actually look. Getting Fred Van Vliet and just spending a lot of money for two years, I'm like, whatever. Dylan Brooks for four years seems crazy because these guys should be passing him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas Van Vliet, it's like they don't really have a... None of their young guys are really point guards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, like Jeff Green's perfect because he can come in and play, but he's not like blocking anyone. Right. And the that's why the Jock Landell contract was also weird. He's almost not really even a vet exactly. But I get right. the, like 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 getting Reggie Bullock for free, you know, oh oh a couple days ago, that's a better move than signing Dylan Brooks. Like that's but not that I'm even a big Reggie Bullock fan, but like you want a guy that you can bench if one of the rookies is doing well. Yeah. And he's not gonna be mad, you know. Anyway. Um, Sean. Yeah. Uh, I know you weren't ready for this, but Okay. Um it's we're talking about the Rockets and we haven't talked about him in a while. It's It's Tillman time. That's right. Texas Tillman, Trump supporter, state house man, and billionaire buyer. Houston Rockets motherfucker. Tillman time. How does Tillman describe himself? A motherfucker. <laughs> All I do is win, win, win. Tillman time. All right, Sean. Uh, an update on Houston Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta's year, because we haven't talked about him in a while. Um, he passed on the Washington Commanders. He almost bought them for $5.6 billion. I don't know how yeah, he don't, where was going to get $5.6 billion. Definitely um, not the Galveston mob. Uh, he's currently talking to the NHL about bringing a hockey team to Houston. Yeah, was reported one market. week ago. Um, uh, but don't worry, there's some bad news. Um, and I guess, all right, um, on this was a week ago, uh, he had a lavish family mansion party and uh, raised a million dollars for the Houston police. So cool, oh, cool guy, very Tillman. Um, you know what they're doing? Ignoring what his family is up to for that million dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good that's a well timed uh, investment in the police force. Let's just um, say he tried to buy an old battleship um, <laughs> that he was going to put on Pier Twenty One in Galveston. What do you but, think he'd name it, Joey? Well, no, it was boardwalk. For, no, yeah, I mean yes, but it's not for that. It was he was. Putting up a historic board, uh, he owns Pier 21 in Galveston, uh-huh. uh, which is like a tourist trap full of they his kill, restaurants. They killed the old owner. Um, yeah. No, but. Allegedly. So he was trying to buy 
this old warship to put it on there um, as part of, like, a tourism thing. Mm-hmm. And the Port of Galveston rejected it, um, even though there are already a bunch of weird old boats there that he owns to bring people to Landry's. <laughs> so they were they were kind of like... This is too. This is too many weird boats. Yeah, I. I mean, I don't look. I'm going to be honest. I thought of this idea and googled him as <laughs> you were reading about what Emmy uh, he came up with because I didn't really uh-huh. want to talk about this team. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we were due. Uh, yeah. but the big, the big. There's there's some bad news, Sean. This happened what? September 25th. I don't know how we missed it. Oh boy. It. Okay. Um. A woman in Colorado is suing Landry's chain. Uh, well, actually, she's not doing it. Sorry. The uh, EEOC is suing Landry's chain, which, of uh-huh. course, is the Equal Opportunity Empo- uh, Commission, um, because people at Landry's were making fun of how she spoke and looked... And her accent, because she's Iranian. Ooh. Um, so, yeah. uh, the suit accuses Landry's managers and supervisors of routinely and openly mocking the woman at an Englewood, Colorado Landry's. Um, the human resources, the, the Landry's HR department failed to take action. And the employee complained and then fired her. <laughs> Um, classic Tillman. Classic Tillman. Step on their throats and then cut their throats. How does Tillman describe himself? <laughs> Islamophobic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joey, what should they name the NHL team? Boardwalk. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to have a plural, right? No, they're <laughs> the, the Houston NHL Boardwalk. Or, yeah, the Houston um, Boardwalk. Um, uh, I guess. That's our Tillman time for now. Sean, is there anything you're excited about with this Houston Rockets team? Um, I kind of am. Like, I I feel like they're going to be playing actual basketball games this year. Because mm-hmm. watching them was like watching a summer league team for two years. Yeah. Like, the games just didn't have any real drama to them. Because there were a couple times when the Warriors would, like, trail by 20 points mm-hmm. and... At no point was I ever like, yeah. oh, no, they're in trouble. I you will know, say. I, I actually went to a game where Steph Curry had to hit a game winner. And even that whole time, I was kind of like, come on. Um, I think Amon Thompson is going to be really good, actually. I was out on the uh, the Thompson twins, and then I saw them both play basketball, and yeah. they are cool. They're, they're cool. like, they're kind of like if robots were point guards. <laughs> They're fun. I, I think they're going to be really fun. Um, I also, I also, uh, I've, uh, I've amended my stance on Jabari Smith. Oh, see, I have not. I, yeah, like, I have. He I was just, good in summer league. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He just seems sleepy, man. Uh, he uh, just... he, I, I think he's. I think he was just a a little bit of a raw prospect coming out, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see him disappoint me this season and prove you right. But well, I'd like to see it. Over under 31 and a half. This team is trying, Sean. Yeah. Um, what do I you mean, think? I'm going to look at one thing real quickly. 
so they oh okay what what is the status of their own first round pick next year they have okay they would have to be one of the worst four teams to keep their first round pick otherwise it goes to oklahoma city they do have brooklyn's picks mm-hmm. um and they have the warriors second round picks somehow i don't know how that happened but uh i'm saying under i think it's not gonna work i also it's still, say it's, under it's just their best player is dylan brooks what are we doing of course it's gonna be under it's still yeah it's just it's uh i'm excited about like i mean even even the guys i like on the team are all like 19 or 20 years old Mm -hmm. and even with veterans like that's rough um if you're playing all the veterans that's terrible uh okay sean um look our next team is the San Antonio Spurs. Last year, they went 22 and 60. Good for 29th in offense, 30th in defense. Uh, they got rid of not Wemby and added Wemby. <laughs> yeah. Which outstanding comedy series Emmy winner are they? Uh, they are the Wonder Years. Joey, this is going to be a, this next season is going to be a coming of age story about a wide eyed French giant and his best friend, Zach Collins who later will become a scary goth rocker and have a rib removed so he can suck his own dick. It's a funny joke that, again, uh, only like 40% of our audience is going to get, but I loved it, Sean. Thank you. Um, Sean, have you watched any of the preseason games for this team? I have only just watched, like, Wembenyana highlights. Well... Are you, have you, so you have not really been paying attention to the fact that they're kind of playing Point Sohan? Yeah, I, I, I heard, I read about that. Um, I, I have to say, I, I can't, I just couldn't be bothered to make an opinion about um, their point guard, mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, you can't have like when you're the worst brother of an NBA player who has basically the exact same name as you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tough one. I feel like right. Mm-hmm. They're brothers, right? Am I? Am I? Yes. Not? You know, okay. No. No. Okay. You're right. The yeah, Tyus yeah. Jones's brother is the point guard for the San Antonio. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but uh, point Sohan seems so weird. It's insane. I love it. Uh, you know me, uh, I want, I want as many people who aren't point guards playing point guard and as many small guys playing bigs as possible. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, it, it still seems like they'll be pretty bad. Like, it does not seem like there's really, they almost like intentionally didn't get any veteran help really. Mm hmm. Um, um, that's why I'm not, even gonna ask an- yeah. I'm not even going to ask another question, Sean, okay. except for this. It's the place we have to bring it up, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, the highlights for Big Vic have been insane so far. Love it. Uh-huh. Um, is he going to win Rookie of the Year? Yeah, I think he is. You know what? I'm taking Chet, baby. Oh, 
I just think the fact that that team is going to win. Um, and I think Chet's, I, I'm, I'm just feeling, look, I'm really taking the field, but I'm taking Chet. I think Chet's going to win rookie of the year. Um, I, I, I just can't believe in, um, honest Abe. I think, <laughs> I think honest Abe is going to, gonna visit Ford's theater at some point in this rookie season abraham lincoln uh french giant killer um yeah. you don't <laughs> i have one question sure greg popovich is almost surely going to introduce victor wimpaniana to a bunch of uh wonderful wine mm-hmm. however he is not 21 years old joey mm-hmm. Should the police in San Antonio arrest Greg Popovich <laughs> if he gives Victor Webb on Yacht Yes. Yeah. That's a, that is the perfect question to end this on. Over <laughs> under 29 and a half, Sean. Under. Under. Big under. Not even close, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> they don't care. They don't, they don't even really want to win. Yeah. And I've heard they're not going to play Wemby that much. I mean, why would you? Like, he Look, also has I, a weird body. Protect that uh, weird guy. Yeah. Um don't, don't let him bang. Protect that weird guy. Um, but yeah, that's the reason I think the other reason I think Chet, Sean, for rookie of the year, you know you know why. It's uh uh For the first time in my team, team up with your friends and your favorite cards in the brand new triple threat online co-op. Yeah, that's Josh Giddy's finally got someone got a someone to play co-op with on the triple threat courts wow yeah yeah um, okay fair enough <laughs> um that's our episode this was a long one sean oh, um yeah. is there anything you'd like to plug um yeah i'll be you know what i'm gonna plug these things i'll be doing two shows at comedy oakland on october 27th I will be at the punchline from November 8th through 11th with three different headliners on that strain. I would say maybe check out the Jermaine Fowler show on November 9th. And then I will be doing Critical Hit at It's Your Move Games on November 18th. Um, and as for me, I was on the Frogcast Patreon this week with Vince Mancini um, and not Matt Lieb, weirdly. He was out of town. <laughs> I guess I was replacement Lieb. Um, and then also listen to Unsalvageable, the Utah Jazz podcast I produce with our friend Sarah Todd and Dad Sham Dad himself, Greg Foster. Um, read Sean at goldenstateofmind.com and the the SF Giants one I can never remember the name of. Giants Baseball Insider. Oh, that should be an easy... I should remember that. That's easy. I never remember it myself, so... <laughs> um, like the Giants blog. And then, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where I'm sorry I got a bummer one to read. Like an actual sad one, not, <laughs> not the typical Frankie. When my race was finished this evening... I had many missed calls from members of my family. At 4.42 p.m., right as we were taking the green flag, my grandmother passed away. She was the most supportive and supportive person of everything I've done in my life, and I hope I made her proud. And I just want to say, Frankie, you definitely made your grandmother proud. Uh, and um, best wishes in yeah. this trying time for you. 
Uh, trust the process. Oh, Sean, did you write a song? I didn't write a song. Well, what song do you want uh, me to play? You know, I think the best one for this one is, um, boy, um, oh, oh, um, play, uh, leaving on the team plane, my John Denver song about Kyrie Irving, uh, saying goodbye to the Boston Celtics. Uh, great. We'll do. It's playing under us right now. Trust the process. Trust the process. And shut it down. Send Kevin Porter Jr. and Miles Bridges the fuck home forever. And also, we didn't even talk about the Rockets hired Ime Odoka. Also bad vibes. Get out of here, Tillman. <laughs> My bags were packed in March. I'm ready to go. We got punk pie on Tukumpo. Bean Town is so racist, it blows my mind. But the Knicks are calling, James Dolan's my bro. Gordon Hayward's falling, he heals so slow. If you think Jalen Brown's a star, then you're blind. So rip me anonymously. Tell them you won't miss Kyrie Boo me like I ate the last potato Cause I'm leaving on the team plane I've got to make sure my family's safe Oh, I'm doing what humans do Bill Simmons wants me to disappear Somehow he prefers Terry Rozier I heard he's been short-selling MSG shares Marcus Smart came back, he was pretty fat Aaron Baines don't think the world is flat I shot 19 for 62 who cares? So rip me anonymously. Watch me brick another three. I got booed by so many sunburned bros. Cause I'm leaving on the team plane. One more heart attack for Danny Ainge. Oh, Chipotle, he loves you so. Now the time has come to blow this joint. I'm forfeiting all my Tommy points. Paul Pierce says that Genie fucked worldwide wob. A lot of people say. The garden's heaven I think it's worse than 9-11 Come on sheeple That was an inside job Oh rip me anonymously Tell me about the Illuminati There's more chemtrails than there've ever been before Cause I'm leaving 
on the team plane. No more timeouts listening to House of Pain. Cheers wasn't that great a show. But I'm leaving on the team plane. Jason Tatum disappears like David Blaine. Oh, babe, I'm a herbivore. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.